You are now listening to Plant Talk, a podcast brought to you by Canada's Manufacturing Magazine. It is presented by Plant Magazine, Canada's industry voice since 1942, for manufacturing owners, senior executives, administrative and managers who represent all links in the manufacturing decision-making chain. Tune in to hear conversations with industry experts on comprehensive topics that are of utmost importance to the manufacturing industry. Thank you for joining us today on Plant Talk. Our guest today is Matt Skinner, Chief Operating Officer of VentureLab. Matt has over 20 years of high-tech experience, including leading a global technology business as Corporate Vice President and General Manager at AMD. Matt also previously was the President and Chief Operating Officer at BrainGrid Corporation. At AMD, previously ATI, Matt spent 17 years in various roles, including Vice President Corporate Marketing, Vice President Product Marketing, and Corporate Vice President and General Manager of Graphics Business Unit. In addition, Matt served as the General Manager of AMD Canada. Matt started his career at Honeywell Limited, where he held various positions in engineering, sales, and marketing. Matt has served on the Board of Directors of the IT Association of Canada, the Information Markham and Volunteer Centre, and the Canadian Association of Energy Service Companies. Matt is a professional engineer and holds a Bachelor of Science in Electrical Engineering and an MBA from the University of Manitoba. Today, we will discuss chips, batteries, and the future of electric vehicles in Canada, and why experts are calling on Canada to build batteries and chips for EVs at home. Thank you for coming on Plant Talk, Matt. Before we dive into the topic, can you give us a brief background of your expertise on the topic of chips and batteries? Well, thanks for, first of all, thanks for having me, uh, Mario. Pleasure to be here. Um, as you said, my, my name is uh, Matt Skinner. I'm Chief Operating Officer at Venture Lab. And I've got a long history in uh, the semiconductor hardware business, uh, worked in that industry for over 30 years, um, about 17 of which of that was at uh, AMD, um, where I was the uh, general manager for the global graphics chip business, which was a large business, about a billion dollars. Um, and uh, also had some experience at, at hardware startups and, and now at uh, Venture Lab, where we're a uh, uh, innovation hub. And what we do is we help hardware and enterprise software startups and scale-ups um, really build and scale their, their business uh, to go global, um, which is uh, really exciting and, and uh, uh, something that uh, really, uh, you know, I feel as a not-for-profit that we're doing something good. Great. Sounds good. Um, why don't we dive right into the questions? The automotive sector has been hard hit by the recent global chip shortage. Uh, can you help us understand why this is happening? Well, it's, it's a good question. And, you know, when the pandemic hit, a lot of things changed. And, and the, you know, the first thing was changing consumer habits. Right. And so there was, you know, there was less retail. There was more retail. Um, there were less dinners out, uh, more toilet paper. There was less flights. Uh, more medical devices needed, like like ventilators. Um, people weren't going out to the movies. They were playing video games and streaming at home. Um, less people buying clothes and, and pants and more people on video conference. Um, and in fact, the PC demand, it grew by the most it has in over 10 years. And then what happened is, you know, other things like the demand for cars uh, actually went down at the beginning of, of the pandemic in 2020 by more than 15%. And so that that changing uh, demand um, resulted in a couple of things. One, if you are 
a auto manufacturer and your demand goes down, what do you do? You, uh, you reduce your orders for the uh, incoming components. Um, and, and a major, major component there is, um, uh, is semiconductors. And that's grown over the years. And so the semiconductor company saw an increase in demand in PCs and that sort of thing, a decrease in demand in, in auto. And then the demand came back. And so when the demand came back for the automakers, they canceled their orders and they tried to order new chips. And because of the capacity in the industry, the increased demand in other sectors, um, they couldn't just they couldn't just uh, get uh, more semiconductors. And there's a, a, a fundamental difference in the semiconductor supply chain than in other than in other industries is that it takes you know 12 to 16 weeks to from when you order to when you receive a, a semiconductor chip. And that's because it's a very, very a complex manufacturing process. There's more than 500 steps in producing a, uh, a semiconductor chip. And so when they ordered, they just weren't there. And there's this lag in, in, uh, in the supply chain, which, which because of now increased demand uh, got, uh, got even more pronounced and therefore they couldn't get the chips that they needed. Uh, when do you imagine that this will resolve uh, focusing on the automotive sector? Your guess is as good as mine, but I'll, you know, I'll give you some, uh, uh, some of my thoughts on that. You know, I think it, it's probably uh, at least a year um, as, this, um, you know, as these demand changes, as more capacity does come online and, and it takes a long time to bring in capacity in the semiconductor industry. It takes uh, a long time to build a semiconductor fab um, and on the you know, latest technologies, that fab can cost, you know, 15 to 20 billion dollars. And so you can't just, you know, increase uh, capacity. So that takes that takes a long time. I think that some of the uh, the demand in the industry will level out in the PC and in and for example in the gaming industry, uh, game consoles, graphics cards, that sort of thing. I think some of that will level out which will ease some of the the challenge, but I think it's going to be, you know, but but at least about a year before it uh, uh, it's caught up. Now, apart from automotive, how has this affected other sectors, whether positively or negatively? Like you mentioned, the compute, the personal computing uh, world has, I guess it's been positive because they've had a lot more uh, business as a result of this. And they sort of took some of the chips away from the other industries. Yeah, well, you know, first of all, you know, everybody talks about it, you know, the the terms you've heard it like chipageddon and that sort of thing. I, you know, I see it as a, as a, you know, it's it's not really a, a supply issue. It was a, a demand opportunity um, because you know some of these industries uh, um, you know really needed more chips. Um, but you know, chips are foundational technologies that are embedded in in tons of products, right? From your cell phone to clean tech to electric vehicles to medical devices. And at the beginning of the pandemic, there was a, obviously a shortage in ventilators, and there are chips in those ventilators. And part of the reason they they couldn't ramp up production is because they needed those chips. Agritech, um, there's just a ton of industries that that relies on semiconductors to uh, um, to in their products. Now, switching back to automotive, what makes Canada's auto sector especially vulnerable to a chip shortage? Well, you know, I, I think that we're we're seeing um, the and in the whole auto industry, I think is is that we're seeing a 
um, an increase in the technology that go into cars. And in uh, EVs in particular, um, there's, there's more technology. Now, there are always chips in things like uh, power windows and, and power doors, um, you know, to, to, uh, to control the actuation of those and that sort of thing. But now when you have uh, large displays, when you have um, uh, sensors for um, are all around the car for blind spot monitoring, for navigation, um, and microprocessors controlling uh, the car. Um, there's there's uh, increase, and in, and that's gonna you know we see that that's gonna be a huge piece of the uh, the cost of an automobile in the future. In 2030, I think I heard an estimate of about 50% of the car cost will be in sensors and electronics. As the requirement for the, the electronics and the chips and the semiconductors uh, go up, it puts more pressure on an industry like like uh, the auto industry that's beginning to rely more and more on those. Do you see this happening in other industries within Canada as well? Well, we've already seen, I think I mentioned before, we've already seen some challenges in in, uh, in medical devices. You know, it's, it's, a, it's an overall challenge for us is to, you know, how do we get control of the supply chain a little bit more in Canada. And you're seeing that in other industries in, you know, like in, uh, with respect to vaccines. And, you know, I think just today, uh, uh, they announced that Moderna uh, was going to build a vaccine uh, manufacturing plant in, in Canada. And so um, that was an industry that, that, uh, that there was um, production in Canada in, in the past, it went away and realizing that we need to bring it back. And I think that there's an opportunity for for Canada with with uh, uh, you know EVs and chips and batteries to be you know better prepared for the future. Uh, you know when uh, EVs become you know uh, much much more um, ubiquitous. Now, putting the focus on electric vehicles with less mechanical and more electronic parts, does the current manufacturing environment have a bigger impact on? EV production uh, than it does on traditional internal combustion engine vehicles. Well, I think so. I, I think in in general there is a, a, a you know more technology, more chip technology in EVs, and it's for things um, uh, the the cars have tended to be uh, higher end. Um, they so then there's more um, you know more safety features, more navigation features. Um, but then chips to control charging and, and that sort of thing. Um, so EVs require more technology and therefore um, a greater dependence on the semiconductor industry for sure. Um, and then I think the technology also around batteries is, is really important. Now, some uh, OEMs have decided that they're going to be building EVs in Canada. Um, do you, how, how do you see the the market for you know chips and batteries being impacted by that. Well, you know, I, I hope that the, the demand uh, increases. I'm I'm a I have an EV myself. Um, I uh, and I'm a big proponent of it. I think it's a it's a it's a uh, it's a great thing. I think that we're seeing uh, Canadians um, wanting more and more for their uh, next purchase to be an EV. I think there was a KPMG survey I read, read the other day about 62% of Canadians are planning their their next uh, vehicle um, to, to be an EV. And um, obviously that's skewed to uh, the younger, you know, younger uh, buyers. 
Um, but it's gonna that's gonna go through the market. And so as there's more uh, demand for those vehicles, um, I think it's that's you know that's a great great thing. And I think that uh, you know if we can position Canada as, as building those vehicles, I think it's a it's an awesome awesome opportunity. Do you believe that Canada has the natural resources needed to become a major producer of chips and batteries? Well, yeah, for sure. I mean, if you look at at um, the raw materials needed to build uh, batteries, chips, that sort of thing, you know, Canada is rich in copper, in nickel, in cobalt, and lithium, and so leveraging that those natural resources and putting more more value in the in in the supply chain, I, I think only makes sense. Um, I think it's it's just a it's it's a no brainer. Um, and so we've got the resources, but let's not necessarily uh, export all those resources, but but use them here to to build those components. Now, do you know how like, how robust the industry for chips and batteries production in Canada is, and is it planning on being any bigger in the future? Yeah. So when I talk about my expertise, not as as uh, um uh into the uh not experience in the in the battery area from a chip point of view there's very little production uh in canada um but we believe long term um that's uh that's an important thing um what's also important from a semiconductor point of view is is building the the companies that design those chips and uh, we think that that's that's really really important because those companies decide where those chips go when there's uh, supply shortages, allocation, and that sort of thing. And so at, at Venture Lab, um, we uh, created a, a program called the Hardware Catalyst Initiative, and that program is is looking to to help hardware and semiconductor startups um, uh, really commercialize uh, their technologies. And what we do there is we have a, uh, a lab uh, on site, a $7.5 million uh, hardware a test lab um, and prototype lab, which allows these, um, these companies to focus on hiring engineers and developing the technology and not buying test equipment, for example. And so at the Hardware Catalyst Initiative, they can, at the, in the lab, uh, they can uh, test and, and bring up their, their chips. They can uh, 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 test them for um, EMI, that sort of thing. And it, it's a, a huge, it's, it's removing a large barrier. And the other barrier to these companies is capital. Um, hardware and semiconductor startups have a more difficult time um, finding capital. And that is because um, that is because um, investors uh, are a little more hesitant in a longer time frame because it bring, to bring a, a semiconductor chip to market, it can take you know two to three years. And so uh, helping the companies remove that that barrier of uh, financing is is something that we also do at, at, at Venture Lab. And so if you have these, you build up these companies that are Canadian based that become global. Uh, global companies um, with the technologies that go into these vehicles, that's a, that's a, that could be a major uh, advantage for Canada. So we think that that's uh, really important. And then manufacturing, it's a longer term goal. And I, I think that, that having a, a semiconductor fab in Canada uh, would be 
would be awesome. Um, and you know, there's different kinds of of uh, semiconductor manufacturing. There's there's uh, you know uh, the the cutting edge stuff. These fabs are very expensive. There's there's a MEMS production, which is uh, microelectromechanical uh, systems, which is um, it's a process technology that creates integrated devices or systems that combine mechanical and electrical components, um, which are often used in, in uh, uh, vehicles. So they're, they basically uh, help actuate um, different things in the vehicle. And so, yeah, I, I think, you know, manufacturing is, is a good thing, but also having uh, those companies that are developing and commercializing the technologies required is really important. Now, as a result of the going through the chip shortage, do you see a lot of larger companies, whether they be large automotive companies buying up smaller companies that make chips so that they can have it in-house so they don't have these sort of problems going forward? Um, I haven't seen a, a ton of that there. You know, there was a, a uh, agreement the other day where Qualcomm uh, bought a, uh, a company in the auto industry and Qualcomm supplies to the auto industry. I'm not sure I see the, the you know, the, the Fords and the GMs uh, necessarily vertical integration into that aspect of it uh, so i I'm, I'm not sure that's going to happen i think the the uh, companies that are good at designing uh, semiconductors and chips will continue to do that and and they you know some of the larger ones may you know may purchase uh, uh, smaller companies that that have technologies that they can leverage into their business now switching gears a little bit what other sectors would benefit from a domestic chip production industry in canada apart from automotive well, I think uh, clean tech um, would benefit. Um, I think uh, agritech, um, and we talked before about medical devices. You know, when when the when the the pandemic happened and we didn't have production of in Canada of of uh, ventilators, um, there were some chip shortages, and some of those chips were restricted from export from some countries. And so, if those chips were made here, or even the the companies that uh, design them and uh, 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 we're in Canada, uh, that could have helped that industry for sure. Now, how long do you believe it will take to develop the skills and infrastructure required to produce high-tech inputs needed to manufacture EVs here in Canada? Well, I, I think it's an ongoing thing. And so it, it, it's, um, it's happening now. There's a lot of, you know, one of the things that Canada has is tons of uh, talent tons of skills and talent. It's, it's an ongoing thing as we, as we develop new technologies, as we uh, grow um, uh, or, or help support and develop new uh, startups and companies that, that uh, develop and, and uh, commercialize these products. It, I think it's a continuous process. And so I don't think there's an end thing, you know, do we, is it all done in, in five years, 10 years? No, I think it's an ongoing thing. But the, the skills and talent, the base that we have here is really incredible. And, and if you think of, you know, there's companies, um, I mentioned I worked at AMD, uh, I originally worked at ATI, which was acquired by AMD. ATI was a Canadian uh, company um, that um, grew to be, you know, over $2 billion. And the engineers um, that were in that company have gone to many, many different companies have uh, uh, start, you know, gone to st started uh, companies up and that sort of thing. And we need an ecosystem in Canada of uh, large uh, multinational uh, semiconductor chip companies of uh, medium sized uh, and startups so that there's an ecosystem and a, a, 
a pool of talent and a pool of talent uh, opportunities for that talent so that we retain those engineers don't leave the country and that um, they're here to uh, develop develop these t- and commercialize the technologies that are required in the future. Now, what part of Canada, like you mentioned ATI, which I believe was uh, headquartered in Markham, Ontario. Um, where yeah. would you see as sort of the hub for, for this kind of... Um, for chips and batteries to be uh, created. Yeah, so so the, the chip hub for Canada is is or you know in uh, essentially York region becomes part of York region. Uh, a lot of startups have come out of there, uh, and and obviously Toronto is very close. Um, so from a, a semiconductor point of view, there is a talent uh, base in this uh, in this region that's really important. From a manufacturing point of view, there is some uh, uh, manufacturing uh, in Bromont, Quebec. And so there's there's a, there's a little bit of a hub there, more on the production uh, side, um, and some history there. Uh, so those are t- two of the uh, two of the key regions um, that are that are critical um, to that to that industry. And then from a, a battery point of view, um, and EV battery development technology development, I think you've seen a, a lot of that out in in Vancouver, also in, in the, on the west coast. And now for the the natural resources needed. For, for these, um, is most of it coming from outside of Canada? Is there any coming from inside of Canada? It, it's really, Canada has a lot of natural resources, as we all know. And so copper, nickel, cobalt, lithium, um, they're raw materials that are, that are natural resources available in, in Canada. Um, and so that's, um, that's, as I said, I think that's an advantage for us. Now, some automotive OEMs, as we mentioned earlier, have committed to building EVs in Canada, namely in Ontario. Um, with the production being in Canada, it makes sense to have chips and batteries here as well. Uh, how do you see that that happen going? Well, I think, it, it, yeah, if, if you have as much of the supply chain uh, in Canada as possible, I think that's that's only a good thing. And I think that attracts, um, attracts investment from the automakers uh, into Canada. Um, and, and I think that that's, uh, it's just a great opportunity for us to, to invest in this area. Now with most of, uh, Canada's automotive production being in Ontario, do you foresee Ontario being the next, next hub? Yeah, I do. You know, from, from a, at least from a semiconductor point of view, um, you know, that there is, um, uh, the, there's the key to it is talent as I mentioned before, and we have a ton of talent in Ontario and South, in Southwestern Ontario, um, in, uh, in York region, uh, in Toronto region. And so, yeah, I, I see that as being the, the hub of the, the uh, development uh, of this technology. Do you see any other parts of uh, Canada also getting involved? Yeah, as I, as I said earlier, um, if you go to uh, a lot of that, there's been some good battery um, startups and, and, and companies on the West Coast in Vancouver. And then from a production point of view, Bromont Quebec has, uh, has uh, some really good history there. Now, how do you see the chip shortage and all of the, the, that sort of um, being post-pandemic as we're still sort of in, not so much in the middle, but still in, in the pandemic? Well, I, you know, I'm, yeah, we're still in there. I'm optimistic. And, 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 you know, I think that, that uh, we're on the, uh, the backside of it for sure. Um, and you're going to see demand change again, consumer demand change again, and that'll have an impact. Right. And, it, you know, some of the things that, that we saw, um, you know, did we anticipate right away? 
And so you're going to see, um, you know, I think some of this demand for, you know, the things that we were doing at home um, with uh, PCs work from home, people are buying new PCs and, and, and we're seeing uh, uh, people buying uh, gaming consoles and graphics cards for gaming and that sort of thing. And I think that demand will, will level off a bit. Um, you'll see, um, you, you know, a, a shift and, and that's how that catch up is going to happen. Um, uh, but you're also seeing, uh, you know, I think you'll, you'll see countries looking at the future and how do they want to uh, ensure against any challenges that they had during the pandemic, you know, for the future. And that's why you're seeing more interest in things like semiconductors in, in uh, various jurisdictions. Um, in medical devices, in vaccines, and that sort of thing. So it, it's going gonna, it's gonna to be interesting going forward, for sure. Now, the one thing is maybe that having shortages has sort of helped companies to learn to adapt. Um, like I know General Motors was making, I believe, face masks. Um, other companies switched to making gowns and stuff like that. Do you, so do you see more of that going forward? Um, you know, I, I don't think that, that was the ideal situation. I think that 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 happened because there was a uh, uh, there was a, a major challenge that the the world faced, and so in in that situation, um, it's amazing how uh, large companies, entrepreneurs, um, get creative. And uh, you know, it was it was uh, you know it was actually inspiring to see you know some of these these uh, companies uh, real retool production lines in order to make things that. Uh, that were needed, um, but I think that that uh, ideally, you know, the, we have the production fleets, you know, already here in the future if that happens again. Um, but you can't do everything, right? You can't uh, you can't uh, plan for every contingency. And um, as I said, that will you know that'll then you know if, if something like this happens again, there'll be something that needs to be produced, and 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 uh, someone will figure out a way to do it as as uh, quickly as possible. Which is, it's actually kind of inspiring to see what happened in that in during that time. Yeah, seeing that sort of innovation and creativity. Do you see a lot of uh, chip companies taking this as a lesson and sort of next time being able to. Uh, I guess, try to stop a shortage from happening or have some sort of contingency? Yeah, I think so. I, I think that, you know, one of the things, as I said, in the auto industry, the, the demand dropped and so orders were canceled at the beginning. Um, and to do, do because you've had a uh, history and, you know, I would say history repeats itself. And so when you're doing demand planning um, for production is is look at, you know, what happened last time there was a pandemic and and you know maybe don't cancel those those uh those chip orders because you know the demand's going to come back um that's interesting um you know you talk about you you mentioned there's uh startups and some of the lessons learned we had several startups that did uh that did pivot and uh they were developing certain sensors and they began to target those uh sensors for uh for a virus detection um, that can do it much faster than than in the past. There are some companies that were doing uh, things like uh, video surveillance and facial recognition and things like that, and they uh, pivoted to 
scanning for mask wearing or temperatures um, and that can be used in, in different environments now to, to, to scan uh, people as they enter a business or whatever. Um, we had one that uh, created a, a, disin, uh, a disinfection product for um, ERs um, that would uh, ensure that, that uh, the air was free of viruses. Um, so uh, the, the ability of people to, to pivot and get creative in a challenging situation is unlimited. And as I said before, uh, you know, inspiring on, on what people can do. I think if nothing else, it shows the, the power of uh, innovation among people. Yeah. At Venture Lab, what we're trying to do is, you know, we're, we call ourselves an innovation hub and we're trying to promote that innovation. And what I see on a, you know, on an everyday basis is, is smart people um, creating, you know, creating innovation. And, you know, what's that saying? Uh, necessity is the uh, mother of invention. Um, and we, we certainly saw that uh, uh, in, the, in the pandemic. Thank you very much, Matt, for coming on the show today. That was a lot of great information and insight to process. All right. Thanks for having me, Mario.